Heavenly Father, yeah, we come before you, throne of grace. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your day of rest, all your festivals. <laughs> How awesome you are for giving us these days of rest. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you please bless this teaching tonight. Father, please open our ears and incline them to you and your truth. Please fill us with your spirit and give us the discernment, the wisdom and understanding, and help us to retain anything we learned this evening. Please guide us on this path, Father. Always walk us towards the truth and remove anything from us that's not meant for us. Father, I ask that you please enlarge the borders of our hearts and write your commands on them that we can walk in these things diligently. Father, I thank you for sending your son, Yeshua, to die in that state and for uh, becoming our high priest and king. We're so thankful to have somebody that's able to intercede on our behalf who was righteous and worthy. We thank you for everything. Father, I ask you please bless this group. Please answer any questions that any of us may have. And, and always guide us into the truth, Father. Please keep us and protect us. Father, I thank you. I love you. And I ask all these things in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. 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 Oh, welcome, Jimmy. Nice prayer. So, um, I had a guy call me. Um, guy I haven't seen in a long time. Mikey, you might know him. Charlie McCarthy. Do you remember Charlie? Uh, I don't think I ever met Charlie. He um he worked for he worked yeah I don't think you met him but anyways he was just telling me about how he quit being a motorcycle gang um quit smoking quit drinking quit eating fast food so I I had to I had to listen to him so yeah well heck yeah now we're about to listen to some Exodus. Well, where's everybody? <laughs> this is everybody, sir. When you start coming against Pharisees, people stop coming. Yeah, yeah. We do. but pretty much if you go through TikTok now, the whole Terror community has basically went that way. Yeah. Everybody says we got to submit to Judah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't name anyone off the top of my finger, like off the top of my head that's just like not there. I mean, Paul, Paul's not. Tammy them not. We should tell Paul to quit being stupid and and start <laughs> start helping us. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. Is that what they're saying? Submit to Judah again, dude. It's like everyone is. It's like double time right now. We got Janie in a picture frame. Um, I already submitted to Judah. It makes intercession for me. I submit Shiloh. Me, uh, between me and the Father. So, I don't know. It's some people you can talk to, some people you can't. You know, those people have been bouncing in and out of our groups for a long time. And hey, maybe he said a remnant. Huh? He said a remnant, so. Maybe, um, Maybe we can figure out our differences, or but you can't if you don't put that tell mood down. I got my read from the HCSB tonight. My friends read tell mood. I'm gonna get I a shirt. That. About the talent that says 
It's going to have a guy holding a joint that says, put that thing down. It's going to have a town written on it. Oh. I mean, I can design stuff like that. <laughs> I can't too. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. It is all good. Watch it go. More people come in. They'll come in. Dogs are always doing weird stuff. All right. We're going to start Exodus 18. I'm going to read from HCSB tonight. Exodus 18. Come on. It says... Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything that God had done for Moses and his people Israel, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, along with her two sons, one of whom was named Gershom, because Moses had said, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. And the other, Eleazar, because he had said, the Lord of my God, or the God of my father, was my helper and delivered me from Pharaoh's sword. Moses' father-in-law Jethro, along with Moses' wife and sons, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped at the mountain of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down, and then kissed him, then asked each other, for they asked each other how they had been and went into the tent. Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that confronted them on the way and how the Lord delivered them. Jethro rejoiced over all the good things the Lord had done for Israel when he rescued them from the power of the Egyptians. Praise the Lord, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from Pharaoh and the power of the Egyptians and snatched the people from the power of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods, because he did wonders when the Egyptians acted arrogantly against Israel. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses. Moses's, so hard to say that, Moses' father-in-law in God's presence. Then, or the next day, Moses sat down to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw everything he was doing for them, he asked, What is this thing you're doing for the people? Why are you alone sitting as judge, while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses replied to his father-in-law, Because the people came to me to inquire of God. Whenever they have a dispute, it, came, or it comes to me. And I make a decision between one man and another. I teach them God's statutes and laws. What you're doing is not good, Moses' father-in-law said to him. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you some advice, and God be with you. You be the one to represent the people before God and bring their cases to him. Instruct them. Instruct them about the statutes and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. 
but you should select from all the people able, or the people able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating bribes. Place them over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They should judge the people at all times. Then they can bring you every important case, but judge every minor case themselves. In this way, you will lighten your load, and they will bear it with you. If you do this, and God so directs you, you will be able to endure, and also these people will be able to go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. So Moses chose able men from all Israel and made them leaders over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They judged the people at all times. They would bring the hard cases to Moses, but they would judge every minor case themselves. Then Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, and he journeyed to his own land. So how were they judging the people? With the law. Mm -hmm. I only I mean, say that I've, I've heard cases made where uh, in rabbinic Judaism that the reason that they could judge cases and make amendments was because of this, and I disagree. I think that the minor matters, it was judged based on the law that was given to them, which is this first five books we're going through. And any of the major cases where it wasn't specifically specified, that would come to the Lord. Well, another thing to look at is um, Ten Commandments. They hadn't gone up to the mountain yet. That's true. They hadn't gone. I'm going to spoil alert. Next chapter. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't gone up to the mountain yet because they're still, according to chapter 17 and verse 8, it says, then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. So that's where they are right now. Right? Yeah. They don't go to Sinai until the next chapter. So you have to ask yourself, and I brought this up to my wife this morning, because she said the law wasn't given before Mount Sinai. And I'm like, why is, Mo why is Jethro's you know, Moses' father-in-law telling Moses, you know, he's, it says it right there in, in verse, uh, hold on a second, let me pull this back up. Uh, 20, instruct them about the statutes and laws. 16. When they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between one another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Yeah. Okay, so he hadn't even received i mean god hasn't even come down on sinai and burnt the top of the mountain yet so it just lets you know that they already had laws in egypt because joseph even when potiphar's wife was coming at joseph um you know he knew what sin was he called it sin how do you know that how did yeah. how did the Pharaoh when he met Sarah, you know, or he met Abraham and saw Sarah and wanted to take her, God came to him in, in a dream, you know, and was telling him, Don't touch her. And then he woke up and said, You gotta curse me. You could have cursed me. How do they know these things? That's the funny thing. The law wasn't already there. Plus they're giving I mean in verse twelve. And Jethro, Moses' father, 
father-in-law took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. I guess if I guess he was uh, thinking about what Cain and Abel were thinking. Hey, you know, let's just take something. You know, I mean, law was already there. I agree. Law <laughs> was over there. The law. Yep. It's interesting the commentary. Said, yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing. Y'all didn't catch that then. I said the oral law. Y'all said yep. No, no. <laughs> nope. Oral law doesn't stand. Ah, the commentary is, here says. Jethro's list of qualifications for leadership requires qualities of character, belief, and behavior rather than age, wealth, or family position. I like that. It says, all the people, able men, or from all the people, able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating bribes. So I submit that if it's able, man, then that's not, you know, really freaking old people. <laughs> no offense to any old person listening. Um, all right, we'll go to chapter 19. Real, real quick, like that's how you want to show somebody where the law was before Mount Sinai. This is the chapter. This chapter oh, 18. Yep. And it shows, like, when you go into 19, it's going to show you um, that they were going to going up to Mount Sinai. I think it's the second, yes, yeah, the second verse. It says, for they were departed from Rephidim and were to come to the desert of Sinai. So it lets you know they were in one place and then they went to Sinai, but they were already doing the law before they even got Sinai. Yeah. So I do recommend this HCSB study, by the way. Um, Large print. Looks good. Pretty book. Anyways. <clears throat> In the third month, on the same day of the month that the Israelites had left the land of Egypt, they entered the wilderness of Sinai. After they departed from Rephidim, they entered the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Moses went up the mountain to God. and The Lord called to him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob. And explain to the Israelites, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to me. Now, if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples. Although the earth is mine and you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. After Moses came back, he summoned the elders of the people and set them 
to set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people responded together, We will do all that the Lord has spoken. So Moses brought the people's words back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud, so that the people will hear when I speak with you, or speak with you, and will always believe you. Then Moses reported the people's words to the Lord. And the Lord told Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. They must wash their clothes and be prepared by the third day. For on the third, for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, put boundaries for the people all around the mountain, and say, Be careful that you don't go up on the mountain or touch its base. Anyone who touches the mountain will be put to death. No hand may touch him. Instead, he will be stoned or shot with arrows. No animal or man will live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they may go up the mountain. Then Moses came down from the mountain to the people and consecrated them, and they washed their clothes. He said to the people, Be prepared by the third day. Do not have sexual relations with women. On the third day, when morning came, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and a loud trumpet sound, so that all the people in the camp shuddered. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke because the Lord came down it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain. Then the Lord summoned Moses to, to the top of the mountain, and he went up. The Lord directed Moses, Go down and warn the people not to break through to see the Lord, otherwise many of them will die. Even the priests who come near the Lord must purify themselves, or the Lord will break out in anger against them. But Moses responded to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai since you warned us. Put a boundary around the mountain and consider it holy. And the Lord replied to him, Go down and come back with Aaron. But the priests and the people must not break through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out in anger against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Hmm. It's interesting. Um, in 5 and 6, it says, Now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar, tre peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So. Can I point something out? Yeah. Back in 19.3, says, Moses went up to the mountain to God and the Lord and called him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites, right? So it says, this is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites. We go back to Exodus 12.38. It says, and um, a diverse crowd also went up with them. So the mixed multitude, right? Mm -hmm. So this shows that there was people 
that were outside of the so-called bloodline, right? That mm -hmm. went with them. And then it goes on and says, and this is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the, to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to me. Now, if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of the peoples. Although all the earth is mine and you will be my kingdom and priests and my holy and my holy nation. So this once again goes back to show you that when people talk in the Talmud, how the treaty and the Gentiles, this is wrong. Once again, this just goes to show it right here that it was a mixed multitude that came out with the Israelites and went with them. And then he's speaking with this mixed multitude still there. He's telling them, if you just keep my covenant. So the Noahide laws, this is another point that shows the Noahide laws are false. Mm -hmm. So, just want to point that out. My word right there is also segula, which means a special possession. It would be like a, a chosen treasure. What are you talking about in what verse? In Exodus 19, uh, verse 5, where it says, uh, you will be my own possession out of all, all the peoples. Mm -hmm. It's not just the house of Jacob. This goes back to, again, Romans 9, 6. Not all Israel is Israel. <laughs> just because you're a descendant of the bloodline of Jacob doesn't mean that you're just entitled to the resurrection. It doesn't work that way. Let's keep the covenant. We'll see where it says that you are a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Mm -hmm. Peter, in First Peter two eight, it says a and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Okay, I'm talking about the statutes and law, the commandments, being disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm -hmm. And that darkness is, let me go there real quick. John 3. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, for God so loved the world and gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son into the world, not into the world to, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And in verse 19, it says, um, and this is the condemnation that the light is coming in the world. Men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth or practices evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth or practice truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are rotten God. So, you know. We are that royal priesthood. You're not a priest right now, not yet. Mm -hmm. You know, but you will be. 
And I also, I want, this is another thing we should pay attention to, right? Because this also goes back to John 5, 46 and 47. Because um, it says right here, now, if you will listen to me carefully and keep my covenant. And we know that when Yeshua was rebuking these people, they didn't even know the Torah. They didn't even understand it because they did not listen carefully. They did not pay attention. They did not go into his Torah. They instead were spoiled by man-made philosophy, learning the oracles of man, like the oracle laws, right? They were learning these things rather than meditating on the Torah. They meditate on what some man had to say about it, rather than just reading and reading and reading and letting the Father show them over time. But they were so eager to know everything right off the bat that they didn't take their time. So then when Yeshua comes, majority of them didn't even know who he was because they didn't even know the Torah. Yeah. And when he comes back, that'll be the five uh, um, foolish virgins. Another another thing was, um, uh, hold on a second. Let me find it here. Oh, when they were telling them to sanctify themselves and wash their clothes, you know, and be ready the third day. That that was also in the law of God that was given before God even spoke it. You know? So how did they know that? How did they know what to sanctify or it was handed down throughout time. It was taught from the beginning. Exactly. I look I just saw something else in here that and the Lord said unto him away get thee down and thou shalt thou shalt come up thou and Aaron with thee but let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord lest he break forth upon you so who's speaking right there It had been a messenger. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I mean, relation. technically. Relation. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying, like, to me, it would have been no difference. And then Revelation 1, where it says, the revelation of God given to Yeshua, given right. to his angel, given to John. Yeah, I think technically. I think that I, I think I know where you're going with this, Micah, but I think that this is an individual saying these are the preparations that you must make before the Lord actually comes face to face. Well, kind of face to face. Yeah. So no, I agree. I, I agree. I was going to go back to the Oracle thing. Um, the oral law, right? If they want to say it was an oral law, it wasn't what they believe the oral laws today. The law was definitely instated from the beginning because we see with Adam and Eve and the way they held themselves on, you know, Cain and Abel, how things went that way. It's been there since the beginning. Whether it was written, given to them, we don't know. We don't have no record, but it was definitely given to them. And when people say the oral Torah, they're speaking to the man's interpretation of the Torah, not rather what the father would have gave since the beginning. So Adam spent time in the garden. Say what? I also Adam and Eve spent, I think, seven years in the garden. I'm not sure. 
I, I ought to find that information, but I'm pretty sure they spent seven years in the garden. Okay. And so think of it this way. Um, they were created outside the garden, placed in the garden. And so they were walking with God. So they knew what righteousness was. I mean, it's not like they, not, it's not like they just were placed in the garden and then, you know, do, 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 do. The next day, here comes the serpent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, oh, sorry, you got to go. <laughs> so. That's exactly how it happened. The first, the set, on this ninth day, they were thrown out. Do what? The ninth day, they were thrown out. They made it through one day of the week. And father was like, got to go. I'm just kidding. Yep. Take your stuff. You and your, your wife. Y'all just get out of here now. <laughs> right, I wanna I wanna oh. I wanna submit something before we continue on. Because right. it said something about the whole oral law and they didn't know who Yeshua was and all that. Um I don't think they had an excuse and my reasoning for that comes from Luke chapter 2. I know this isn't part of the Torah portion, but I'm going to read this. Um, I'm going to start in chapter 21, or chapter 20, verse 21, good Lord. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, or Yeshua, <laughs> the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of, uh, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace, as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I think, because it says he was a devout man uh, and righteous, I would I would submit that he studied scripture, he read scripture for scripture, and he, it's very possible that he calculated from the book of Daniel when the Messiah would come. And it's not entirely impossible to think that because even Daniel calculated how long they would be in uh, exile based on reading Jeremiah. 
I think this man probably found uh, or calculated the time period. And then he probably prayed and said, you know, Lord, let me see your Messiah. And then it was granted to him. That's me eisegeting into the text that part. But either way it goes, this man knew that he wasn't going to die until after he seen the Messiah. What verse did you just read? Uh, Luke 2, chapter 25, or Luke chapter 2, verse 25, or verse 21, starting at 21, is with the circumcision, all the way to 35. <clears throat> Thank you. Michael's asking. You're welcome. I actually, I'll give credit where it's due. I actually um, got that idea um, initially from Matthew Jansen yeah. listening to his uh, I don't remember which sermon I was listening to but he had said that and I went and I looked in the scripture and I was like huh that actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> so just give him credit where it's due um now we're going to go to Exodus 20. And here, the uh, the 11 words, as I'm going to start calling it. There's 10 commands, what people say, but there's 11 commands in this chapter. <clears throat> so it says, then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of, the, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the foreigner who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife his male or female slave, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountains surrounded by smoke. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You speak to us, and we will listen, they said to Moses. But don't let God speak to us, or we will die. Moses responded to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you, so that you will fear him and will not sin. 
and the people remained standing at a distance as Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Then the Lord told Moses, This is what you are to say to the Israelites. You have seen that I have spoken to you from heaven. You must not make gods of silver to rival me. You must not make gods of gold for yourselves. You must make an altar or an earthen altar for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats, as well as your cattle. I will come to you and bless you in every place where I cause my name to be remembered. If you make a stone altar for me, you must not build it out of cut stones. If you use your chisel on it, you will defile it. You must not go up to my altar on steps so that your nakedness is not exposed on. Ooh, 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 I got it, I got it. Go ahead. Um, An altar of the earth thou shalt make unto me. Am I right? Are you, you saying that's the 11th command? Yeah. That is the 11th command. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says, man. That's what it says. I take God for what he says. I don't I don't take men's interpretations or opinions. If it says it, then it says it. <laughs> However, I will point out that in this specific passage, it doesn't say guilt offerings or sin offerings. It just says burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Where is this? That was the end of the Torah portion of the Torah portion. Wait. <laughs> okay. If I can find it in this book, I think I'm. I'm curious what the uh, Testament of Judah about this. It's full transparency. I have not read it. That's even if it's in here. I don't see it. I gotta get a new apocryphal book. You need a new apocryphal book? Yeah. Not the... Like the complete apocryphal book, I need to get that one. The one that's got jubilees and all that in it. I don't think even the Sefer has the Testament of Judah. That's why I might need to order next Testament of 12 Patriarchs. Apparently, I'm going to have to do the same. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I think. I thought you uh, had that one, babe. Uh, my dad has it. <laughs> okay, and it's like absolutely not. You already have one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I thought I had it, but apparently I don't. I'm like, oh, I do have it. Never mind. I take that back. It is in the pseudepigraphic text. See, look at both of y'all have it, and y'all are both trying to order it. I saved you both. 
I'm still probably going to order the other book. My dad <laughs> has mine. Yeah, Micah doesn't have it anymore. I no. gave it to him. Because I've had it over 90 days, so position is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> position is nine-tenths of the law. Like foul. Oh. Although, after 49 years, he wants it back. You got to give it to him. All right. We'll just do the Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs Challenge. Shalom, Jasmine. Is this? Is that not Andrew? Is it? I have to put um, water in his mouth, and then back him across the mouth with it. See if he spits water out. I won't be around in forty-nine years. I'll leave oh, my yes, you will. Shut your mouth. Forty-nine years. Yeah. Oh, crap! I'd be one hundred eleven, dude. Both is going to talk. Yeah, you got one hundred and twenty, bro. You're good. Yeah. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Okay, listen, listen, Dustin. I got a heating pad on my back right now. That don't mean um, nothing. Well, I don't know if I want to do 111. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure Abraham probably thought the same thing. I'm sure Isaac probably thought the same thing. But look at them. Look around their uh their waist and. You know, make a sled for me. I just follow people around. <laughs> Shalom, Jasmine. I don't know if I know you. I don't know if that's it's not Andrea. Is it? Hello, but uh, yeah, this is Jasmine. <laughs> okay, nice to meet you, Jasmine. Hello, nice Jasmine. Where are we going to next, there, Dustin? Do you have the uh, flyer there, Jasmine? I'm sorry. What was that? Do you have the flyer to know what we're um, reading through tonight? No, I just got on the Remnant crew and I saw that you guys were doing this and I was like, where's the link? And so I just I just happened to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you in the Remnant chat or are you just on the um, the Remnant crew so far? Um, right now, I'm just on the Zoom thing. I don't have any like materials. I don't know how to use Zoom very well, so... You guys just okay. go on ahead, and I'll just, I'll just okay. listen. <laughs> if you need the um the flyer, though, we have it. I just posted on the actual Facebook page, so you can see. Okay, it. thank you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, right now we're going to the Testament of Judah. I'll read through this to see. I th I'm sure that this probably alludes to the fact that. Like we were talking about a second ago, that the law was given before Sinai. I'm just trying to find it because there's no. Ah, oh, here it is. There's no good separation of the testaments. It just throws it all together, and you just have to look. All right, so it's. Chapter 23 through 25. It's not very long, but <clears throat> it says, My grief is great, my children, on account of the licentiousness and witchcraft and idolatry that you practice contrary to, to the kingship. Following ventriloquists, omen dispensers, and demons of deceit, you shall make your daughters into musicians and common women, and you will become involved in rev revolting Gentile affairs. In response to this, the Lord will bring you famine and plague, death and the sword, punishment by a siege, scattering by enemies like dogs, 
a scorn of friends, destruction and future future faction of your eyes. I'm not sure what that is. Slaughter of infants, the plunder of your sustenance, the rape of your possessions, stealing of your possessions, consumption of God's sanctuary by fire, a desolate land, and yourselves enslaved by the Gentiles. And they shall castrate some of you as eunuchs for their wives until you return to the Lord in integrity of heart, penitent and living according to all the Lord's commands. Then the Lord will be concerned for you in mercy and will free you from captivity under your enemies. And after this, there shall arise for you a star from Jacob in peace. And a man shall arise from my posterity like the son of righteousness. And that's S-U-N. Son. Walking with the sons of men in gentleness and righteousness. And in him will be found no sin. And the heavens will be opened upon him to pour out the spirit as a blessing of the Holy Father. And he will pour out the spirit of grace on you. And you shall be sons in truth. And you will walk in his first and final decrees. This is the shoot of God, most high. This is the fountain for the life of all humanity. Then he will illumine illumine the scepter of my kingdom genesis 49 10 and from your root will arise the shoot and through it will arise the rod of righteousness for all the nations to judge and to save all that call on the lord and after this abraham isaac and jacob will be resurrected to life and i and my brothers will be chiefs wielding our scepter in israel levi the first i second joseph third benjamin fourth simeon fifth Issachar 6, and all the rest in their order. And the Lord blessed Levi, the angel of the presence blessed me, the powers of glory blessed Simeon, the heaven blessed Reuben, the earth blessed Issachar, the sea blessed Zebulun, the mountains blessed Joseph, the tent blessed Benjamin, the lights blessed Dan, luxury blessed Naphtali, the sun blessed Gad, the olive tree blessed Asher. And I think the blessings are in accordance to uh, Genesis where it's talking about what their names mean or it has something to do too with their location was yeah well that's what I mean that's what the names were yeah holding them from yeah it's interesting yes. that was what was that again that was the testament of Judah yeah, I need to get a hard copy of it again <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All right, now. Thanks, what? Uh, I go to my dad's house, and he's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And I'm like, I can't help but leave it there with him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm in there. It's a good book. Second Baruch. Is that... um? Jeremiah Scribe. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying yeah, and noted um, study apocrypha. Which one is that in there, though? It just says Baruch. I don't see a second Baruch in here. Yeah, oh. you got you got to have another one. I do too, but I have to find it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so many books. I do not have. Second proof either. I'm gonna have to order the complete um apocrypha. 
I will send you. Yeah, I want to get the, the updated 54 play the Parker thing. There's some of the stuff in there that I'm like, eh, but I still want to own it. I've got the pseudepigrapha text, though, and it has everything that we're reading through right now. And we are in 2nd Baruch 44. Verses 1 through 7. Yeah, Sefer should have it. I don't have my Sefer with me. I have to let someone borrow it. All right. Um, it says, And I, Baruch, went from there and came to my people and called my firstborn son and the Gedalias, my friends, and the seven of and seven of the elders of the people and said to them, Behold, I go to my fathers in accordance with the way of the whole earth. You, however, do not withdraw from the way of the law, but guard and admonish the people who are left, lest they withdraw from the commandments of the mighty one. For you see that he whom we serve is righteous, and that our creator is impartial. And see what has befallen Zion, and what happened to Jerusalem. But the judgment of the mighty one will be made known, as well as his ways, which are inscrutable and right. For when you endure and preserve in his fear, and do not forget his law, the time again will take, or yeah, the time again will take a turn for the better for you. There you go. Ooh. Shalom, Andrea. Hi, guys. Hey, Andrea. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. How's everyone doing tonight? Good. Yourself, sister? Good. Glad I could make it. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. I know you've been busy. Yeah. Thankfully, to be able to, be able to come. I enjoy being here. Yeah, good. Sorry, there's no coffee and donuts. I saw the coffee and I haven't had donuts in a while. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going, going to the half floor now. Yeah, I'm going to start. I got it listed backwards. We're going to start from Isaiah 2 and go to Isaiah 9. Okay. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. Well, I'll start in verse 1. It says, The vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will turn their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will not take up the sword against other nations. And they will never again train for war. It's one of my favorite verses. I'm going to read uh, five real quick. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That's like my like one of my favorites. So who are these people? The the kingdom's down on the ground. The law's going forth. 
Yeshua's here. Those would be the people that are not in the kingdom. They're not in the kingdom, but look at how much look at how merciful God is. That's yep. God's mercy right there. Yep. This is the this is the millennial reign. That's the millennial reign before the final judgment. Yep. Yeah, he's gonna burn up the, the tares. Um but I still believe there'll be some left. I like the way the HCSB puts it, by the way, and I forgot to read five. The divisions of the passages threw me off. I'm not used to having them in the Bible. Uh, but it says, House of Jacob, come and let us walk in the Lord's light. Like yeah. that. And what is light? Proverbs. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Proverbs 6.23, is that what it is? For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the ways to life. Hmm. Man, we're doing good. What's the truth? Uh, that would be Psalm 119, uh, 142. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is the truth. Amen. You, you want the way to? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city is situated on the hill, cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that your good works and give glory. Mess up, sorry. So your good works and your and give glory to your father in heaven. And then it goes continues, says, Do not assume I have come to a abolish, I mean destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. Right. So that light is you walking in commandments. Right. And you're being a light to the world by showing them the ways. Here's the way. Blessed are the unfiled in the way to walk in the law of the Lord. Mm. Okay. Got the way, truth, and the light, which leads to life. Because it really, you know, shows you your sin. It shows you what you need to repent of, you know? Yeah. That's all. The law doesn't save you. Yeshua already did. But like I always say, it's he, he shows us, um, let me pull this verse up. Like in First John, he's always trying to tell us to practice righteousness. So it says, and now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. So to shrink from him in shame at his coming means you weren't doing right. You know, you weren't practicing righteousness. Righteousness. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Amen. Yeah. It says in Genesis 3.24, it says, so he drove out he man, I mean the man, and he placed the east of the garden, placed east of the garden, east of the cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And then it says Proverbs 2.20, it says, So follow the way of good people 
and keep the paths of the righteous. The way is always been the way. Now this goes back to was it Acts twenty four? Yes. Acts twenty four fourteen. Yeah. This is where Paul. The way is always been we're supposed to follow. The people have always gone off the path. They turn to the left or the right. That's... If you if you go through and underline in your Bible every time that it says the way, you're going to be underlining for uh, an hour or two. There is 500, just like um, pulling up on eSource, 537 verses about the way. It says in uh, 24, 14, it says, But I confess to you, to you, I worship my Father's God according to the way, which we call a sect believing all things that are written in the law and in the prophets. Having an expectation of the resurrection. Of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Yep. We in Isaiah nine now. Yeah, uh, Isaiah six. Isaiah six. Give me Isaiah six one through uh, seven okay. six. It says, are you there yet? Yep. All right. In the year that King Uzziah, or Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am, send me. And he replied, Go, say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Dull the minds of these people, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, Until the cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again. Like the terebinth or the oak, that leaves a stump when felled. The holy seed is the stump. This took place during the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Rezin, king of Aram, along with Pekah, son of Ramalia, king of Israel, waged war against Jerusalem, but he could not succeed. 
when it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son, Jeshub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the fuller's field. Say to him, Calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering stubs of firebrands, the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. For Aram, along with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has plotted harm against you. They say, let us go up against Judah, terrorize it, and conquer it for ourselves. Then we can, ins we then we can install Debeel's son as king in it. Any thought? What you got? Um, What's y'all's thoughts when he says, "Go and say to these people, keep listening, but don't, but do not understand. Keep looking, and I proceed. Dull the minds of these people, deafen their ears, and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Why? Why? Why was that? Because they're. This goes back to me to was it Deuteronomy twenty eight blessings and curses. At this point, he's speaking to them about the judgment that's going to come. But just thinking about repentance, you know, at any point in time, someone can repent. Why would he want that? Well, I say it says, though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again. Would you think that the tenth of the people are the ones that repent? Yeah. Dull the minds of these people. I mean, is, is this just like the him saying he's giving them up to a reprobate mind? Basically. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, it all goes back again, the blessings and the curses, because they have been in sin for so long. Go back to Isaiah 2, like we just read. When you read the rest of that passage, they're not, they're just doing the tasks as trivial things. Like, instead of actually doing good. They're like, wow, we can do whatever we want. We just bring these offerings to the Father, and He'll forgive us. You know, we'll be, we'll be good. We're good to go. I know this goes. I wonder if this goes <laughs> back to like the whitewashed tombs. You know how they were basically just going through the motions at that point. Going through the motions, yeah, exactly. And the Father's like, well, I mean, what, what else can I do with these people? You know, 
they're you know they're they're just they're just lost completely. Because well, uh, I know it does talk about getting us up to reprobate mind. He'll allow it. Yeah. So I wonder if this, is, not, this is right here. I'm trying to remember, but I know that Jeremiah was about a hundred years after this. Mm -hmm. After Isaiah. And then yeah, he's prophesying he's prophesying like heck to them throughout the book of Isaiah. Yeah, because Yeshua pulled out Isaiah a lot. I don't think I don't think they ever actually went in exile during the time of Isaiah. I think it was during the time of Jeremiah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Isaiah was pretty bold. Oh, Jimmy's sleeping. Yeah, you snoring? Huh? You snoring over there? No. Okay. Just talking about Yeah. All right, <clears throat> Isaiah 9. Infamous. This is just uh, verse 5 and 6, and it says, For the trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. His name, or he will be named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And just for... Septuagint. Yeah, I was about to say, just for, you know... Well, why is, quick, quick question. I'm just saying, why did that, in this Torah portion, why did it stop at Isaiah 7, 6, if this is talking about Yeshua? Why did it not continue to 7, 14? Let me go back and read seven fourteen. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just bringing it up. Like, why would they do that? The virgin birth and all that. Just point it out. That's all. Just all right, I'll go and read. I'll read it. It says, starting in ten, it says, "Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, ask for a sign from the Lord your God." from the depths of Sheol to the heights of the heavens. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating butter and honey. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and the house of your father such a time as has never happened since Ephraim separated from Judah. The king of Assyria is coming. And then yeah, we'll go to... Isaiah 9, 5 in the Septuagint. Septuagint, that is. That renders it this way. 
says. <clears throat> Yeah, because a child was born to us, a son was given to us, whose leadership came upon his shoulder, and his name is called Messenger of the Great Council, where I will bring peace upon the rulers and health to him. His, I'll read it. I'll keep reading. His leadership is great, and there is no boundary to his peace on the throne of David and his kingdom to establish and take hold of it by justice and by righteousness from now to eternity. The eagerness of the Lord Sabaoth will do these things from now to eternity. Oof. That's not Hezekiah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's no diss against Hezekiah either. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was, was righteous. Yeah, Hezekiah, Hezekiah was. Hezekiah didn't mess around, bro. <laughs> He did a lot of good stuff. What do you go there? He took the staff of Moses. He went over there and he destroyed that thing. Y'all want to report you this thing? All right, then. I got y'all, bro. I got you. I'm going to destroy that thing. And that just goes back to you can make an idol. Even if you think you're serving God in the right way, you can still make an idol. I don't even realize it. Yeah, they're bringing, they're bringing incense and burning it to the golden or the bronze serpent. I mean. Uh, now we're going to Ezekiel, chapter 36. Ooh. This, this Torah person is fire. I like it. I did find it peculiar, oh. though, that they did. You, what, what website did you get this off of? Does the FFOZ or any of those guys? Yeah. First for they, they're messianic, right? Mm-hmm. I find it very peculiar they didn't put um, the rest of Isaiah 7 in there. I'm just saying. Well, the, the half Torah technically comes from Judaism. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Although, after the past... Yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing. Um, <laughs> Isaiah, or Ezekiel 36. And it's 24 through 33. And it says... For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. Then you will live in the land that I gave your fathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will summon the grain and make it plentiful, and will not bring famine on you. I will also make the fruit of the trees and the produce of the field plentiful, so that you will no longer experience reproach among the nations on account of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and detestable practices. It is not for your sake that I will act. The declaration of the Lord God. Let this be known to you. Be ashamed and humiliated because of your ways, house of Israel. This is what the Lord God says. On the day I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited. 
and the ruins will be rebuilt. It's interesting. It says, uh, it is not for your sake that I will act. Wasn't it, it, what was it back to Moses when Moses was pleading with God? I think it's too uh, clear. I think it's to clear his name. Yep. You know, what, what, where's, um, what's that verse that Moses is talking to the father, Dustin, that you always like to bring up when he's interceding when he's talking about destroying the Israelites? Oh, that's after. You know what I'm talking about because you bring it up yeah, all the time. They, that's when they rejected. Hang on, it's in Exodus. And he was talking about how, like, if you destroy them now, that's what that made me think of it there. It's not for your sake that I will act. I'm pretty sure it's in Deuteronomy. No, it's not in Deuteronomy. Just an Exodus. It's either an Exodus or Numbers. Dad. What? What are you talking about? Something's snoring. I'm not snoring, dude. Is there a dog next to you? No. Yeah, it's right here. It's, it's numbers at 14. Read it. Verse. It says, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me, despite all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, the Egyptians will hear about it for your strength or for by your strength, you brought us this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, how you, Lord, are seen face to face, how your cloud stands over them, how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations will have or that have heard your fame will declare, since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and rich in faithful love, forgiving wrongdoing and rebellion, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoings on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the wrongdoing of this people in keeping the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. So how are we going to go with that? That was Numbers um, 14 what? Through what? 14, um, starting in verse 11, technically. To what verse did you just read yep. to? Well, do, 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 hang on. I'm trying to write down here. The reference to 19. 19. Thank you.
which and then right after that, this numbers 15 recommends the wearing of seat seat. Um, yeah. Yeah, all through Ezekiel. Not all through, but many times in Ezekiel it says, I am doing this for my sake, not your sake. Because they were profaning his name. They're literally going against what? This third commandment. Now bring the Lord's name to nothingness. To not. It doesn't really? mean don't don't say GD. It means don't bring the Lord's name to nothingness. When you're going out here and professing the name of God and you're not keeping his covenant, you're not keeping his commandments, you're profaning him. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that. Simple as that. I'm definitely guilty of it. And this goes for this goes for both sides of the aisle. If you're keeping a man's tradition or their understanding of a law over what God's said plain as day, you're profaning his name. Period. I think the the best <laughs> the best rendering I've ever heard somebody say about uh, that passage, you know, don't bring the Lord's name to nothingness. Is uh, don't don't put God's seal of approval on your BS. <laughs> Daniel nineteen nineteen. Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and act. My God, for your own sake, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to Matthew 19. Oh, yeah. To the New Testament. 16. I'll just read from 16 to the end. And it says, <clears throat> Just then... Someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me what about it, or me about what is good? He said to him, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked him. Yeshua answered, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Yeshua said to him, go sell your belongings and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Then Yeshua said to his disciples, I assure you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can save us, or who can be saved? But Yeshua looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? Yeshua said to them, I assure you, in the Messianic age, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, children or fields become because of my name will receive 100 times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Being first, you're last. That's, look at that again in, in 29. And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, children or fields, because of my name. We'll receive a hundred times more. Again, it all goes back my to name. It all goes back to denying Yeshua. Because, I mean, if you look at the New Testament, that's literally what was coming. He was setting up his kingship, basically. When Yeshua yeah. was coming, he was setting his kingship, and people had to accept him as king. If they didn't accept him as king, they cannot be in that kingdom. Yeah. So, that's he's the door, bro. Yeah. Door. Basically, that's what the New Testament basically is. Because people are still doing a lot. And he was also pretty much setting it straight, like you have heard it said, right? Because um, these guys are over here saying something when that's not how it's supposed to be done. He was setting the record straight, showing you how to really keep the Torah, the perfect example, the most righteous king. <laughs> Dad. What? Why do you keep saying that about me? Are you snoring? No. Someone is snoring. It's not me, dude. I don't know what it is. Though. Jimmy Lyons is saying. I'm not lying. I got uh, my water filter uh, system is doing some funky stuff in the other room. That might be it. Okay. It sounds like when you snore usually. Yeah, I've been. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Looking healing. All right, we going to First Corinthians twelve now. Yeah, I still don't know about it. it sounded like snoring to me, but <laughs> <laughs> boys are. <laughs> You're in trouble. We both grounded. Uh, Anyways. Uh, yeah, that's First Corinthians 12. It says, <clears throat> Now concerning what comes from the Spirit, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be led off to the idols that could not speak. Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Yeshua is cursed. No one can say, Yeshua is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Oof. Now, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. A demonstration of the spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom through the spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the spirit, by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the, by the one spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, interpretation of languages. But one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. For as the body is one, and has many parts, 
and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed each one of the parts in one body, just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? Now there are many parts, yet one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But even more, those part of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. And those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put, a, put the body together, giving great, greater honor to the less honorable so that there will be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and individual members of it. God has placed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, managing, various kinds of languages, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all do miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in other languages, do all interpret, but desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. Everybody's got their part. That's right. Yep. That's what it goes about to the peacemakers. You got those that are like Peter. <laughs> those that are just kind of wise and those are teachers have all sorts of kinds it also says in uh, I think it's 2nd Corinthians and, and that's why I think a lot of people come into this walk they think they gotta change their personality when the father gave you that personality you just have to embrace that personality in a godly way Yeah, First uh, Corinthians fourteen twenty six. It says, "How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying." Yep. Because he, re Good. he reveals himself to everybody. You know, and there's no edifying in rejecting Yeshua. No, there's no edifying. I would go as, be as bold to say that if you reject Yeshua, you're not part of the body. You have got to accept Yeshua because they. What do you say? Neither Jew was it? Um, let's see. 
He says right here, he says, we are all baptized in one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek. Don't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek, you must come to Christ, period. Yep. So those that are in the Gentiles that are atheists or whatever they might be, they must come to Christ. But go to those that are in Judaism that reject Christ, they must accept Christ, period. Right. And this is why the disciples and Stephen, all these guys were killed because they were professing Christ everywhere they went. And when they did that, they were put to death. Revelation 24 through 6 says this. Then I saw thrones and people seated on them who were given authority to judge. I also saw the people who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Yeshua and because of God's word who had not worshipped the beast or his image and who did not accept the mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with the Messiah for 1,000 years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the 1,000 years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed are the holy, or blessed and blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of the Messiah, and they will reign with him for 1,000 years. Oh, oh, oh. Proverbs 15.22 is the last one. It says, Plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many adversaries, they succeed. Amen. Seems like persecution, don't it? Yep. So I see when it says that, because it says, Plans fail when there is no counsel. But when they're, but with many adversaries, they succeed. Advisors, what am I saying? God, I'm sorry, guys. That would have made sense, though. But, but with many advisors, advisors, they succeed. Sorry. I, with many advisors, with me. I read that fast. Sorry. It goes back to the council of the Lord. The council of God endures. Yep. That was a snore. That was a snore. What? <laughs> I'm keeping that in there, but <laughs> might be my preaching. You know, I just had COVID, so Yeah, okay. Now that yep. was definitely a snore now. That's the end of the portion though. So I'm gonna stop it now.